Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast, with your host, Rob Snowett. All right, so you're local. You born and raised here? Yep, I grew up in Pulaski, which is uh, basically the hub of salmon fishing in upstate New York. One of the premier salmon fisheries on the East Coast. Fish producing machine in here. It is. The, the, the New York State DEC stocks king salmon, which is Chinook salmon and coho salmon, to uh, help with the bait fish population. In Lake Ontario. All the alewives that came in when they opened up the St. Lawrence Seaway? Alewives and smelt. Uh, back in back in the 80s when I moved here, uh, the smelt population was so great in this river that the New York State Park System was spending millions of dollars a year cleaning up the beaches because all the dead smelt and alewives. And they'd bulldoze them? Yeah, they'd, they'd bull, basically bulldoze them at the state parks to uh, clean up the beaches so that people wanted to go there. There must have been some fat raccoons just digesting uh, around. It was, you know what, though? Back in the 80s, you could walk down to the shores of Lake Ontario and dip net literally thousands of five-gallon buckets full of smell. And they're, and they're actually they're delicious. The alewives are invasive species, so I, I've never really, I don't can't say I've eaten them, but the smelt are good. If you ever get a smelt dinner opp- uh, opportunity, I would uh, take it up. That's what uh, Lannix, that's what they feed on, right? Yes. All right, so you lived up here and fished your whole life. Is 
I know they've been cleaning up sort of some of the legalities of fishing on the river, but how is the like the populations and the environment? Is it getting better? Uh, the populations are they're great. I mean, the DEC survey last year of the fish that were returning, fifty percent of the fish that returned were naturally spawned, meaning they didn't go to the Salmon River fish hatchery to have their eggs harvested where they were going to do their spawning, which is phenomenal. I mean, there's so many tributaries and little creeks off of this lake that are producing fish that it's amazing, honestly. So these little creeks like the one we're on that we're not going to name? <laughs> that's that's perfect. We'll keep it we'll keep it anonymous. We got our calories burnt walking in here today, but it's worth it. Yes. Jason's working on removing an oak fish from his fly. <laughs> that's we got the leaf hatch going on today, which has been it's been gradual. So he's he's fortunate that it's not every cast. So the stories the last couple of years have been that the salmon numbers are down, but this year they were like way up. This year we had a great return. It was consistent from mid to end of September. We were getting great runs of Chinooks and good runs of Cohoes as well. Um, in the last couple years, it's been it's been spotty. You know, we it's been a late run. Uh, you know, you were here two years ago, and the second week of November. This is the latest I've been up. So, yeah, first week of November a couple years ago. And generally, like, Columbus Day is the height of the run. Uh, regardless of any year, that's that's when most of the fish come. And you were here two weeks after Columbus Day, and we're catching females ready to spawn upriver from the hatchery doing your uh, Project Healing Waters event. Right. Which is great. And we're still seeing, I just saw fresh salmon when we got here. Yeah. So what about the steelhead? It seems like this week something's been off. Is it the sunlight, air pressure, the change in the temp? Man, it's, just that's, fish being fish. That's yeah, that's a that's a question I don't have the I don't have the knowledge to answer because uh, historically, when the salmon come in and then the water cools down, the steelhead are right behind them, and it's. I don't want to say guaranteed because nothing in life is guaranteed, but usually it's guaranteed if you come up sometime after Columbus Day, you know, a couple weeks after Columbus Day, you're going to catch steelhead, you know. you. And this year it's been uh, less than spectacular. Last year we had a great steelhead run in October and November. The winter was slow. In the spring... Picked up because that's when the steelhead spawn. That's when they come up for uh, come up the river to spawn. But uh, and they're doing natural reproduction as well. A lot of natural reproduction. You know, they also come back to the hatchery because that's they spawn them in the hatchery. Uh, it was just uh, I don't know. It's it's a little disconcerting, but we'll see what the spring brings. Hopefully, we have a have another push. Before. You didn't have much snow last year, so I heard we got probably as much as you did. And most of that was in one weekend for us. Yeah, yeah. We we generally get about 360 inches. That's our average for uh, where we're at. And is that a bump? All right. He he's like the master at high sticking. Watch him. That's, that's he can do it all day. 
That is that is the best best method to catch steelhead. It really is. My, I lose blood in my arms. Like tying a bow tie, <laughs> my arms always go numb. <laughs> I it's yeah it's it's a lot yeah hold your hold your rod up high and uh, just wait wait for it to stop basically because they're most of the time they're hitting like rainbow trout where it's a light bite it'll just stop sometimes they hammer it but for the most part you, you think you're standing on a rock and there's a it fish moving yep that rock's moving this time so how many guide trips were you doing during the salmon run uh, I usually do about 10 to 20, depending on the business. You know, the internet is is the worst thing to happen to fishing because people see the reports on the internet, oh, you know what, we had a terrible year last year, even though they, they may have come up or may not have come up. You know, I report, I report fish when I catch them, and I don't fish all the time. Where can we see those reports? Uh, either on uh, DirtyBillsGuideService.com. That's uh, Dirty Bills Guide Service. Service is spelled SVC.com. Uh, Instagram is the same name, at Dirty Bills Guide Service. Uh, Twitter is uh, Dirty underscore Bills, because Dirty Bills Guide Service is too long. And uh, Facebook, too. But you just Google Dirty Bills Guide Service, and I'll come up. How often are you getting out? Uh, I, I try and get out a couple times a week, regardless if I have trips or not. You know, now I, I, I uh, gave up guiding for benefits and, and uh, retirement. I didn't give it up, but the retirements from uh, Obamacare are terrible. <laughs> so in Europe, in Altmar... Do people think that the fly zone means it's the only place you can fly fish? Because we've been hiking today and yesterday, and you can get stretches to yourself. Instead of being shoulder to shoulder. When the fishing is slow, like the steelhead season has been slow, but people will generally go close to the parking lots because it's easy it's very easy you know and usually with the parking lots there's a lot of good fishing very close uh and i i i detest the crowds i really do you see a lot of stuff that you don't want to see when you're fishing but if you take a 15 minute walk away from the parking lot you can have good fishing waters right in front of you you know and it's it's for steelhead it's trout fishing you look for, you know, riffles and seams. And if you're a good trout fisherman, generally you'll be a good steelhead fisherman. Because they're called igneous fish. Yeah. I can't see rockfish because back home that's an actual fish. Stripers. <laughs> hey, if he, uh, if he keeps hooking it, we're going to start charging him taxes. Yeah. He's going to take that rock home with him. <laughs> How's the, uh, just fly fishing in general changed since you've been up here? It's a lot, I mean, the two-handed stuff is much bigger. The two-handed fish is taking off, the two-handed fishing is taking off. Uh, you can cover a lot of water spay casting or, or with a switch rod using spay cast style. Uh, there's, there's plenty of opportunities to do that up here. And it's a relatively 
new thing to the East Coast. You don't see a lot of spay fishermen on the river. But generally the spay fishermen you do see are hardcore fishermen that have uh, done spin fishing and then switched to single head rods and learned to do that because they are effective. I, I generally, when I'm fishing on my own, I'm, I'm swinging flies, you know, using the two-hand rod. And not not because it's more effective. You can you can cover more water, but it's uh, the hookups are less, and land, just like any method of steelhead fishing, uh, that's uh, you know if you hook if you hook two fish in a day and you land one of those two, then he had a good day. Yeah. Nice I, band. What would make you not want to go fishing? Just ice. No, no, I'm, this, this river stays free-flowing most of the year, uh, all the year. You know, you'll get some ice pack along the sides of the river, and obviously if you're fishing in January and February, it's, it's cold. You have a secret for de-icing your guides? Uh, Pam works well, you know, Pam cooking spray works well. You know, it kind of, it kind of makes a little bit of mess of your rod, but nothing that soap and water won't take off. But uh, I think that the, and another thing, I think the fishing, the people that come in here fishing, you know, they, they stick with whatever it says. Oh, you got to use egg sacks or you got to use woolly buggers. But if you're a, if you're a good traditional fly fisherman and you match the hatch, you'll do well on this river because we have stonefly hatches in the middle of winter. Pheasant tails, stoneflies work year round. It's just taking the time to pay attention to your surroundings and actually, you know, matching the hatch. You know, paying attention to, you know, what the what the what the sun's doing because you'll see you'll see little uh, spurts throughout the day. Where if you if you do go to like the lower fly, which is usually crowded, you know, if the sun comes out on a cloudy day, all of a sudden people will start hooking up around you. You got um, kind of a nice haze going on today. Yeah, uh, it's it's that time of year for uh, steelhead fishing. You know, there's, and this is not a usually not a busy spot. I mean, there's a couple of drift boats here, and usually there are. You know, this is a. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline good spot to bring clients because it's relatively easy fishing yeah, i've never been down this way it's pretty this whole river's just scenic get away yeah. from the crowds and awesome. that's that's i i love fishing out of, i have a drift boat and i love fishing out of it you know the the ride alone is worth the price of admission yeah. you know you get to see four or five miles of river in a in in a short day you know like eight hours whereas if you were going to walk it you know, when I when I'm fishing by shore, I'll stop in a spot and stay there for 
hour, two hours, three hours, depending on what's going on. You know, how many times I want to change my fly. Can you float yourself and just have someone shuttle for you? Uh, there, there. Some of the local lodges. I think we should give him a. What are you throwing a streamer? Yeah. All right. I'm gonna switch to olive. You got an olive? If you don't, I do. Uh, some of the local lodges will shuttle for you. Like if you, I know there, we see more and more drift boats every year because that's it, it. Really, is the best way to see this river. And I, I, I would always recommend that someone take a guide down first. What are you rowing? I have a, a older, older uh, fish right. They don't make them anymore. Aluminum. Yeah, it's yeah aluminum. that's the one. They don't do well with drunk drivers. <laughs> <laughs> they will F your boat up if they hit it going 65. Yes. Yes, they will. That's after she took out the four cars. <laughs> so being out here, you've seen the good, the bad. What's not cool? What's what's bad etiquette for someone that's never been up here and doesn't know how sort of things go? Uh, the, the bad etiquette, I mean, there was... The salmon <laughs> season is just... Salmon cluster. season is crazy. I mean, there's still... Uh, man, it was uh, 92 when they outlawed snagging on this river because when they when they first introduced the salmon, they were getting such a good return that the hatchery raised the limit to five fish per person per day, and it was basically a no hold bar no holds barred fishing from the uh, Pineville Bridge up to the hatchery. Uh, uh, Crickets, which are a treble hook with lead. That's uh, these for snakeheads. Melded it, yeah. Yeah. Melded into the hook. Those are illegal now. How many thank people God. would just get that stuck in them during the day? Oh, it must have just been. You it, could set up a triage in the parking lot and charge. It was crazy. Like the, my uh, my French teacher in high school, I graduated from high school in 92 in Plasky, uh, was uh, EMT and tell horror stories about people getting hooks caught in their eye in their face you know uh using basically using broom handles and wire trying to snag these fish and you know get caught on a rock and give it a good tug next thing you know it's flying back at you 100 miles an hour and you're hooked but uh they did away with the snagging and I still go, I go to shows every once in a while, and I hear people saying, oh, that was the worst thing they ever did. No, that was the best thing they did. You know, get people away from that mentality that salmon don't bite. Salmon are, you know, yeah, they're swimming upstream to spawn, but they'll bite a fly, whether it's out of aggression or the feeding instinct coming curiosity. from the lake. Yeah, curiosity. Picking stuff up, yeah. away from the nests. Absolutely. Chasing away stuff from the female. Yep. Yep, being protective of the reds. Uh, I mean, 50% wild spawning rate is amazing. You know, there's a lot of people, they, the hatchery is going to reduce their, their stocking efforts by 20% next year. And there's a lot of people that are, you know, concerned about that. But I think with the natural reproduction going on, it, it's not going to matter. Have the stronger fish doing the reproduction and... Exactly. Eventually you'll get a genetic breed in here that are survivors and they're built different than yeah. dirt fish from the hatchery. Yes. And they uh, there was a, a concern also about the bait fish population in all the Great Lakes. 
Uh, but we've had the best run we've had in three years. You know, just consistent with better than average size fish this year. Uh, a couple 30 plus pounders wow. that I've seen. Um, Mark which, was saying a guy caught like a four foot salmon. It was bigger than as long as his little client. <laughs> probably the, the, the guy was rented the, the room. Probably, you know, uh, there's there's been plenty of thirty plus pound fish caught this year, and the I've seen some some big steelhead too. So so that's just natural reproduction, you know. If if the baits are if the bait supply is low, the bigger fish are going to survive. And more fat on them. It's just they're more Eat aggressive. Things. They're yeah. more aggressive. You know, they're if if it, there's a school of herring, who's going to get the yeah. who's going to get the the Survival most fish? The fittest. Exactly. And those are the ones that are going to come in and naturally reproduce and hopefully get more big salmon. Exactly. Did you eat the salmon? Uh, I will eat the salmon out of the lake and like early season. Um, when it gets late in season, you know, you start seeing the you know, we call them mud sharks. You know, the you see the white tail swimming right. through the water. Or their 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 back is all white because they look like a skunk. <laughs> yeah, I, I I pass on those. But they're already uh, like self marinated and broken down. Yeah, yeah, because well, they they're going through a through a atrophy. You no, know, they're going through a change. You know, they they stop eating uh, as soon as they enter the river. Their you know their their physiology changes. They're they're on their way to die. You know, spawn and die. That's all they care about. Does that influx of of biomatter from all their dead bodies? Make this a better like insect and fish stream. It's it's a great ecosystem for them. Plus I mean the, the the tailwater keeps a consistent flow. Yes, yes. For the most part, it's it's a very consistent flow. I and mean, generally, uh, the average flow all summer is one eighty five cfs, which uh, which they raise to three fifty for salmon season, unless we have drought conditions like we had this year, which uh, hurt it a little bit. But down lower in the river, uh, fish. They were still doing well. You know, they were still catching fish on a daily basis. Um, I, I was down there this, this fall, and uh, we did well. You know, we caught some big fish, you know. And then they uh, they bumped the river up right after Columbus Day weekend on a Sunday. And you could just, there was there was just pods and pods of fish coming up. We, uh, I fished with clients that weekend, and we did well. You know, we had... We had well, fish in the net by, you know, 20 after 7. Yeah. You know, and fish in front of us all day long. You know, it's it's an amazing fishery. And even the, like, local people that live in Syracuse, because we're, you know, 30 minutes north of Syracuse, don't don't even know this, this exists. And as a, as a fisherman, I'd prefer to keep it that way. Yeah. But as a guide... I, I want to take people out and show them and, you know, teach them how to... It's those people putting podcasts out for people around the world to hear and then show up. Maybe everyone will wear, like, like a, a, a button. They said, I heard the podcast, and we're all going to fish together. Have, like, a big line of listeners. Maybe well... a listener party up here next year. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. So what about privatization along the stream? Is that is that happening more now? Uh, other than... Douglas and Salmon Run, not not so much. Uh, most of the river is right has a right away, so up to up to 15 foot above the high water mark, you can fish 90 percent of the river. Douglaston is a is a pay to fish 
And it's not cheap uh, anymore. Installment, yeah, it's, uh, it's seventy-five bucks a day, or you can buy a season pass for I think it's seven hundred fifty dollars. But there's a waiting list. Wow. You might, you, and uh, generally people stay on the waiting list for quite a few years before they get in there. You know, which I'm I'm torn because if if clients want to pay the extra money to go to DSR, we'll go to DSR uh, because it's fresh fish right out of the lake people can spread out more it's bigger water down there bigger water it's more it's it's more attuned to like uh montana fly fishing where it's you know 30 40 yard stretches of river with some pockets in there with a salmon will hold and you can see it when the when the salmon are starting to run you can see the fish moving through the area which is amazing you know people you know, fish their whole lives and never see that. And quite frankly, it's 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 one of my favorite things, is showing them something like that, you know, something they've never seen before. Where should we be getting a good lunch or good dinner or breakfast around here these days? Who's got the good food? Well, there's uh, uh, Tailwater Lodge, which opened a couple years ago, is uh, <laughs> which is uh, uh, it's a Orvis-endorsed lodge. You know, they have excellent fare. Um, excellent accommodations uh, this year being their only second year open they were generally booked uh, right from the start of it so if you want to go there book early um, but there's plenty of you know mom and pop like Adirondack style lodges around where you can stay and generally 50 to 70 bucks a night per bed uh, nothing fancy but it's it's someplace warm to take a shower and Put your feet up. Uh, as far as meals go, uh, there's a couple of good restaurants in town. You know, we got a Ponderosa, which that's all I'm gonna say about that. Uh, there's uh, LD's Ale House in Plasky, which serves some craft beer on tap, and and they have an excellent cook. You know, not just your normal bar fare. It's it's homemade and it's it's really good. Hotel, which has great bar food, you know, great burgers. They don't have the fries like they used to. A side of fries? It's not quite as big as it used to be, but they're still fresh cut. And uh, I still don't order a full order because I can't finish them. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're it's uh, there's not there's not a lot because outside of fishing season, there's not much going on around here. We're that's generally the economy in this this area, but we're 30 minutes from Syracuse. Go down and get some dinosaur barbecue. Yeah, dinosaur barbecue. <laughs> I don't. I don't have enough words to express that place. It's delicious. I uh, got to get a bag of the chips before I go home. Oh yeah, can yeah. get dinosaur. We get some of the hot sauces down there. Some of the barbecues, but yeah, yeah, like the slathering sauce and yeah, uh, that's good stuff. Is that the honey mustard one? Uh, no, it's just like a spicy barbecue okay. sauce. I can't do the wingo tango. Yeah, that's a that's a spicy one. Yeah, it's real rough. Uh-huh. Right, well, I'm, I'm getting cold here, so I think I'm going to go start moving around and fish. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You fish a little bit. You got to take off. Let's do it. I'm going to fish. Right. Get some uh, get some lines in the water, and uh, hopefully we have some action here. All right. Easiest way for a listener to find you, give you contact. Uh, my phone number is the easiest way to contact me. 
315-529-4084. Or, like I said, I got Instagram, Facebook, I have a website, Google Dirty Bills Guide Service, and one of the three will come up, usually within the top couple searches. Um, give me a call. And I, and I accommodate, you know, I understand that people aren't always into fly fishing. And I fish all winter, so if you're bored in January or February and you want to sit in the drift boat and we'll float fish for steelhead, Heck yeah. by all means. I might even I might even put the heater in the boat. I like the sounds of that. I can use one right now. <laughs> I might actually put it. I'm only wearing two shirts, so i got to put a fleece on. Yeah, well, you're a southern boy. You're not, used, you're not used to this uh, cold weather when it's like 40 degrees out. <laughs> all right, you're going to go catch a fish. That's, that's the plan. All right, Rob. Right on, dude. Thank you. You're welcome. Anytime. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. And if you like the strength of your own, honey, hold out your hand. And take it from an old man This has been a production of Freestone Media.